You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good morning. Let me try that again. Good morning. Excellent, excellent. And a big welcome to those who are online today. Uh, great to have you joining with us. Well, what an incredible few days it's been. Just give me a wave if you were uh, at one of the evenings, Thursday, Friday, when we had our, our worship recordings. Um, if you weren't there, um, don't worry. It wa- I mean, it was awesome, so sorry you missed it. Um, but the great thing is we were recording, and so uh, we will be uh, cap- well, we captured it, and so we'll be releasing that in due course. I want to say a huge well done and thank you to our incredible worship team and production team. And yeah, the, I'm not, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Well done, Mark. And, um, and also those not directly involved last week, but those uh, you know, on the team who've been in and around serving in lots of other spaces recently, allowing those that were involved at the end of last week to focus on that. It's been an incredible team effort on and off the platform. And the, the exciting thing is, is not just the songs, but some incredible, beautiful flow moments, prophetic moments on both nights. The problem we've now got is what do we do with it all? And um, so that's a great problem to have. And we're just, um, we're praying through that listening to things. Uh, the immediate rough edits are, are incredible, and uh, there's a sense of God on it, which is, that's the only thing we're really after. Um, we'll keep you posted. I think to manage expectations, this won't be a Christmas present. This will be into 2023, but uh, if we can let some things uh, released along the way, I don't know. We, we will. That's in other people's hands. Um, awesome. Also, I want to say a big thank you to those of you who inquired uh, as to my tr- recent trip to Singapore, I was a bit overwhelmed last week. Lots of people saying, welcome back. How'd it go? So I just I should say thank you. Um, two weeks ago, I was in Singapore preaching at Trinity Christian Center, uh, a world-changing church of about 10,000 people across a couple of sites in Singapore, soon to become three and three other sites in different nations. And uh, it was an amazing trip. It was a blessing for me. My son, Sam, came with me and uh, he's 21 today. So uh, happy birthday. <laughs> to Sam. And um, so that was the icing on my cake to have Sam with me. And I want to say thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, The ministry was really well received. And um, it's a big space to minister in. And I really, really value the prayer back up from here. It's also often a battle when you minister cross-culturally. You can sense an enemy not wanting you to bring what you're bringing. And uh, so I really appreciate that. And then the, the leader of that church, Pastor Dominic Yo. Uh, as you heard, he's coming to Life Night, but also uh, Pastor Dom is a mentor to myself and to Esther, and he's going to be here on Sunday in two weeks' time, and uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to uh, have the man of God with us again. Uh, and that is going to be uh, the week before our Vision Sunday on the 6th of November. So uh, over the next three weeks, including today, we're going to begin to speak a little bit into vision and season um, it, we should say if you're new or new among us, maybe you've been different churches, maybe they never had a Vision Sunday. If they did, maybe that was the year where they kind of unveiled uh, kind of the grand reveal of the plans for the next 12 months. That's, that's not how we tend to do it here. Um, what we've found is that the Lord doesn't tend to work in strict calendar years in, in your life 
or in the life of a church. Who knows that's true? And I know many of us, we like to have a word for the calendar year, but actually the Lord works to purpose, to calling, to vision. And also the Lord tends to work in seasons, which are somewhat undefined. You know when you're in a season, sometimes you know when there's a season shift, but it doesn't tend to be on the turning of a calendar year. The Lord doesn't tend to work like that in our lives and doesn't tend to work like that in the life of a church. And um, so what, what we try and do personally and what we try and do corporately is keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I want to say that that's the best thing I think we can try and do in our lives. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And so around this time of year, we tend to talk into vision. And today, particularly, I want to talk into season. I'll say something in a minute. There's a, there's a distinct difference between vision and season. And uh, the vision doesn't change, but sometimes the season does. And uh, so, yeah, instead of a 12-month plan, we'll be restating a bit about vision, unpacking the season, and then uh, Pastor Dom, in, in a couple of weeks' time, will just give him the freedom to speak whatever's on his heart to the house. And then 6th of November, we'll have an opportunity on that Sunday to respond to whatever the Lord is prompting us to do. And this is always what we, we do around our special vision offering, just say, just ask the Lord if he wants you to do anything, and if he wants you to do something, what he wants you to do, and have the faith to respond. That's what we've been doing over the last several years. And uh, I want to say the economic climate makes no difference to that approach to life. The Lord's the one who knows what's around the corner. That The Lord's the one whose arm is never too short. So it's just a great opportunity for us. It's, part of our, it's not only part of what helps accelerate the vision with the release of finance, but we found it to be an incredible marker in our discipleship of coming again, of resurrender and going, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? And a trust him. And uh, it's very healthy for us to do that. It's healthy for me to do that. We think everything belongs to the Lord and it's all on the altar. And then he comes and asks you and you find out whether it really is. And it's just a healthy process for us to come to. Well, if you've got your Bibles, uh, next up, I'm going to invite us to come to the book of Genesis, right at the start of the Bible. Uh, chapter 11, breaking in at verse 31, we're going to push over into chapter 12. This is what the Word of God says. Terah, can we all say Terah? took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out, can we say set out, from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Then the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Just a note of that to all the, those in synergy. Um, uh, he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated and the people that had a that they'd acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. I love the message. It says they arrived safe and sound. I want to tell you, if you are on a journey of faith, trust in the Lord, you will arrive safe and sound. Sometimes when we set out on a journey of faith, it, 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 is, it is what it is. It's a journey of faith, and it's scary. But the word of the Lord to you today is you will arrive safe and sound, as Abram did. He traveled through the land as far as the great the site, sorry, of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. 
At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring or to your seed, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, Ai on the east, and he built an altar to the Lord. And he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out again. The word doesn't say again, but I allied again and continued towards the Negev. Well, the word of the Lord is good. I'll come back to this shortly. I want to just ask, are there any film lovers in, in the house uh, today? I'm sure probably lots of us. And I don't know uh, whether uh, you have got a favorite uh, series of films or films with a sequel. Or you know there are some sets of films. You know, some great films stand alone. Um, but often these days, if a film was going to stand alone and it's a box office uh, smash, you'll, it'll get a sequel anyway because they're trying to cash in. But some films, there are series, right? So I don't know. I mean, some people would say Star Wars is, is like the great, the great trilogy, the first three. Okay, we've got a couple of Star Wars fans in the room. Uh, I don't know. Some people would say Lord of the Rings is really kind of, you know... Just their, their favorite. I know that at CLM, I found there's a lot of Marvel fans. I'm, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't really get Marvel. I know, sorry, I know a lot of you. Uh, any kind of Marvel fans here would say, no, these are, the, these are the, the great films with sequels. I don't know, the Bourne trilogy? Uh, no, just me. Um, okay. Um, no, there's a few. Uh, but some would say, no, no, it's none of that. It's Toy Story, <laughs> right? And uh, i got to say, like, the, the Toy Story series is pretty good, right? Um, some of the top ten lists would say How to Train Your Dragon. That's not it. I want to just confirm that. Um, if you think that, just perhaps leave now. Um, <laughs> but I'm talking about sequels today because the title of my message is Don't Settle Partway, Part 2. Don't Settle Partway, Part 2. Now, the astute among you will... Remember that last week, Jonathan concluded our uh, invited series. And so you might be wondering, well, what happened to part one? Um, well, here's the thing, that on the 22nd of January, 2012, um, Esther and I came to this church for the very first time. And uh, we didn't know if the Lord was calling us here to be part of what God was doing here. But I've been invited to come and preach. And the Lord put a word so clearly on my heart. And I preached from this text. Not that I've not preached out of this text since, but I preached a message called Don't Settle Part Way. And I didn't know it then, but that was part one. But, but the thing that's really interesting is something was happening in the church that was very distinct at that time. There was a season shift afoot and the Lord was doing something and stirring something. And we are in a very similar moment, I would perceive, as a church. And uh, so... Really what had happened, for those of you who don't know, and just, just give me a wave if you were here like, you know, 11 years ago. I know there's, the, thank God for the faithful who are still here. Um, uh, can we give them a round of applause? You know, I, I don't, it's not all about longevity, but you know, as a pastor, it's great when people are still here. Um, but also, it's, it's also super exciting of all the people the Lord has brought and uh, the work that he's doing. But what had happened is the church had had gone through a remarkable step of faith in putting this facility up. And Pastor Bonner, who led the church for 25 years, he and his wife Sandra, still part of the church here, which is such a blessing to us, had led the church into this build, which in many ways was, was too big and too expensive for the congregation at the time. And he'd almost immediately retired. The assistant pastors had, 
had gone to lead a church in rugby. The youth pastors were, were being sent out to lead a church in Leamington. And the remaining elders were mostly, I think it's fair to say, exhausted from the previous two or three years. And, and there was a sense of this being an incredible accomplishment. But in my spirit, I felt that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring a word to the church and say, don't settle part way. It was never about getting this building up. Now, a sense of saying, incredibly well done. This has been amazing. And, and, and I know some people needed to take a rest and to breathe. And I'll, I'll mention about that in a minute. But the Lord was saying, don't settle part way. You see, in the text, what happens here is Terah set out from Ur of the Chaldeans. And the Bible says it really clear. He set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Can we all say Canaan? Canaan. What happened is, is it says that when they got to Haran, he settled there. Can we all say settled? He settled, and then it says, and, and, and he, he died there. They stayed there. They camped there. They were going to Canaan, but they settled part way, and, and, and Terah died. Something, something will happen if we settle when actually the Lord is calling us further forward. And so the word of the Lord comes again to Terah's son Abraham and says, I, I have plans. This was never meant to be the destination. And I remember coming and having just such a clear insight. I'd say genuinely, we didn't know if we were being called to come ourselves at that moment, but I had this sense that God wanted to do something through this house. And it was a sense of saying, come on, CLM, trust me, there is more ahead. Let me strengthen you. Let's press on to fulfill the reason why this building has been built. And so the word came. And you know, we're, we're amazed then uh, what God has done in the last 10 years of how with faith as a church we have moved on from where we were. We're, we're amazed at those who were here when we came, so many faithful. We're amazed at those the Lord has brought and the Lord is bringing at this time to play a part in what the Lord is doing. And we look back on the last 10 years and it's been an incredible journey. The Lord's goodness and kindness and, and favor, what he's done is amazing. You know, up until the first lockdown, when it became harder to track attendance, we increased our Sunday attendance every year by over 100 people over those eight years or so. We see ministries expand, incredible ministries for our kids and youth and students and young adults and synergy, some amazing spaces for encounter and growth and discipleship. We thank God for what has developed out of discipleship and teaching and training, what we now call our, our growth track, where people can get on board and, and be developed and stretched and increased and mentored. We, we thank God for the development of prayer, a praying people, but also rhythms of prayer and fasting and 21 days of prayer and fasting becoming part of our rhythm. What that's, what that's done and been doing in us and a prayer army to oversee the work and to, to pray every day in pastoral care, a, an incredible team and spaces, settings, a hardship fund for those in need, different spaces of connection and community, the, the kind of enforced but amazing development of CLM online over the last couple of years. We thank God for the worship team, these singers and musicians and skilled people who can do things I, I definitely can't do. And we thank God for how they lead us into the presence of God on such a regular basis. And we thank God for mission, that through our active partnering, not just giving money, but active partnering in the city with Food Bank and Christians Against Poverty, Carriers of Hope, and Good Neighbours, Home for Good, Healing on the Streets, Guardian Ballers, A Message Trust, others opening 
a food bank, as a food bank centre here recently, beginning our school's work, and we'll, we'll bring a fuller update at the, the appropriate time, but, but it's amazing. Chelsea uh, Bell has hit the ground running, and we've got books. She's trained to, to deliver Dignify into schools. We've got bookings in schools, open doors, incredible meetings happening. Even this, this last couple of weeks, she produced some stuff on video uh, for Black History Month in, in, in line with racial justice, and uh, it, over a 1,000 students uh, in the city are, are going to be engaging with that. And um, just things are happening. We thank God for reach. Thank God for our Go Weekend in June and Synergy and students reaching out. Plans for a prison ministry today. We're, the prison chaplain's a bit overwhelmed. We've got 40 people booked in for this afternoon. He was saying, I was hoping we might get six. So we're kind of saying, well, there's more than one prison, right? So I think we're going to be ready to go. What else can you do? Who else do you know? Um, so just we sense God doing Amazing things. We thank God for our partnerships with churches in the city, a work of unity, a leadership development pathway here that means it doesn't depend how visible you are. It depends on if you're faithful, available, committed to God and teachable. You can move through to serve in any role of leadership. And we thank God for an amazing team, often behind the scenes, administratively, finance team implementing systems and processes and policies and practices. You know, the, the, in the Valley of Dry Bones, the bones came together and the breath came. You, you need the body and you need the breath. And we're passionate about the breath of God. The spirit, spirit, breathe, spirit, come. But also to scale, this is what God does. He takes a body and he takes a breath. He formed the man from the dust of the earth and he breathed and the body became a living being, this is what God does. And I thank God for those teams that help put his systems and structures that help us to keep growing. We thank God for a passionate heartbeat for his presence. And I say all that to say we give glory to God. Because when I stood here 10 years ago, we said, don't settle part way. The Lord was doing something, was gathering a house, was gathering us to be the people of God, to be kingdom bringers. And we give glory to him for what he's done. I couldn't have imagined it 10 years ago. I'd have been overwhelmed. You know, as somebody once said, we often underestimate, we overestimate what we think we can do in a year, but we underestimate what can be done in a decade. We just have to keep going, keep pressing on in the right direction. It's true in your life. You might set some goals for a year and you didn't get there, but if you keep going, you'll be amazed at what God will do in you and through you in a decade. And we heard the whisper of the Spirit urging the church on. You know, the Lord never drives. The Lord's a shepherd. The enemy will drive you. The Lord leads. He's a shepherd. And leading us, not driving us, but, but leading us on, saying, I've got more measured off. And it's been amazing to be a part of it. You know, for Esther and myself, sometimes it's looked like we've known what we're doing. I want to tell you, we've had no clue. We have just kept on praying and fasting and trusting the Lord and trying to keep in step. And sometimes he's made us look good like we knew what we were doing. We're just trying to keep in step. And so today we come to Don't Settle Part Way, Part Two, because there's another season shift. And many of us within our flesh would say, isn't this enough? Why don't we just maintain what we've got? And it's fruitful. And so we do need to maintain momentum. This is part of the next phase of what God wants to do is con to continue to build strong and healthy ministries and mission and yet we also have the sense of the Lord saying, don't settle part way, because this isn't it either. There's actually other people 
to reach. Abraham set out with his father from Ur and the Chaldeans to go uh, to go to Canaan. They got to Haran. It's about a 600-mile journey. You know, it's like us walking to John O'Groats on the very, very most north part of Scotland. And they were on foot with a with household. I don't know how far they could travel in a day. But if they managed 10 miles with a, you know, with a, with a day's break once a week, it would have taken them two and a half months to get to Haran. You know, they'd, they'd have been ready for a break. But the Lord was saying this wasn't the end game. Let me say also there's a difference between vision and season. For us as a church, our, our vision, our purpose statement is to bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society. You, this, is, this is us in our places of work, in our places of study, in our places of connection. When you bring the love of God, the life of God, the grace of God, the compassion of God, his power, his good. When you, when you bring these things through your life tomorrow morning, you bring the kingdom where you are. When someone opens their heart to the, to the spirit, the kingdom comes right there. We believe in a kingdom bringing vision. This is our vision and it doesn't change. When we talk about vision, we restate, this is what we're doing. We're on with being a people that bring the kingdom of God to every life and sphere of society. That's not about to change. We don't change our vision every year. It's not like, okay, this year, this is our vision. And then next year, oh, now this is our vision. Be very disorientating. Our vision stays the same, but, but our season changes. Let, let me illustrate this. this. This could be true for you personally. I, I don't know if any of you have like a personal vision or mission statement. Some very organized people do. Uh, most people don't. But, but can you imagine if, if you were, and maybe you are, but if you were like a creative person and you loved helping others, you, you could have a personal vision statement to maximize your creative gifts for the glory of God and to lift others up. That, that, could, be your, that could be your personal vision statement. But if you were in your late teens, that's probably going to look a certain way. Your creative gifts are probably developed to a certain point. And to lift others up might to be involved maybe in, in church with kids or young people to, to raise them up. But, but maybe in another season, can we all say season, you, you, might, you might have a young family of your own. And, and you might not be able to do some of the things you were doing before. You, and it might be the ones that, not that you're not trying to lift others up, but some that you're most trying to lift up, maybe you're within, even within your own household. And for a season of time, you can still want to maximize your creative gifts to the glory of God and lift others up. But it, it might look different, not because the vision's changed, because the season's changed. Maybe then your kids will grow up and they leave home. You're an empty nester. You've got some time again. Maybe your creative gifts have matured or, or changed. But, but maybe then to, to lift others up, maybe you find you can invest in young adults or young, those who've got young families. You've been through that season and you can be a mother or father figure to them. The vision hasn't changed, but the season's changed. Does it make sense? And so the same with us. The, the vision is the same, to bring the kingdom of God to every life and sphere of society. But we're in a season change. We're in a season change. We thank God for the season we've been in. It's been incredible. There's a bit for me, and some pastors do this. They, they get to this point, and then they go to another church, and they, they do the same again. There's a part of I've loved the last 10 years. Part of me, I'd love to go do it again. But it's not what the Lord's assigning us to. So stay here, but there's another season. There's another season ahead. It's the same for us as a church and, and as a ministry. And we might call it, we've... 
We've been talking about this, and in our, and next Sunday you should have a little vision booklet, and you'll see the words on the front. Uh, a season of what we might call maturity and multiplication. Let me say it again: the vision hasn't changed, but but there's a season shift. Maturity and multiplication. You could call it growing up and giving birth, but let's call it maturity and multiplication. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; we're not saying everybody here is mature. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. No, they're not. No, there are some people who are in their 30s, but they still behave like an adolescent. Let me not get started. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a different message, stop it. It's been amazing over the last few years. When, when we first came here, I don't know, probably five or six years, every prophetic ministry, almost to a, to a person who came through here, uh, preached out of Isaiah 54. You could all, they were like, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, drive your tent pegs deep, don't hold back. You will spread out to the right and the left. And I didn't become sick of it. It was the word of the Lord to us. And every time they came, it came afresh, it came again, because the Spirit was saying, growth, growth, growth. And I'm not saying that the next season won't include growth, but, but it's not the emphasis that we're sensing from the Spirit. We'll continue to enlarge our tent, I've no doubt about it, but, but the emphasis, there's a shift. In September 2020, I was burdened to preach and it was, it was so hard because we had no people in the room. I preached this to a camera over there. I want to tell you, it was horrible. I thank God for in-person church. I never want to preach another sermon to a camera in an empty room. It's like preaching into a vacuum. It's so hard. Particularly when you, you're used to preaching to people that are responsive and you can, you can see if people are receiving something. You can't see anything. And the one camera operator, you know, they, they, because they didn't want to be picked up on the sound, they weren't even saying amen. <laughs> I ended up saying, at least nod behind the camera. Just something. Give me, sell me. And a preacher out of Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises on you. CLM, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises on you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises on you. And his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I remember declaring that the Lord is not on pause and nothing dramatic change but I think it was a signal of saying the season's changing two months later Pastor Don preached a word into our vision Sunday a moment of shift I don't remember it was such a significant prophetic word said this is a moment of shift for the church we're in the middle of a lockdown like circumstantially nothing changed but the man of God was perceiving a shift season it's been Really interesting, Helen Youssef, who was here over the, the last couple of nights of the EP recording, came here in, in April. She knew nothing about CLM, never been to CLM, didn't, like, didn't know anything about the ministry. And she started to prophesy, you've come to a place of maturity. She actually, she said, consider yourself bar mitzvahed. You've come of age. And, and then she started to sing, arise, shine, for your light has come. I, I could go on for the sake of time. Let me keep moving. The vision is the same, but there's a season shift. We're aware practically. 
We need to consolidate. There are, there are teams, ministries, pace, diary, the strengthening of teams that has to happen at this time. The administration to, to make sure that we're healthy. And particularly for our staff, there's, there's still some recalibration going on. You know, church doesn't look the same post-COVID. There's, some of you are coming in person only. Some are online only. Some are doing a mix. It's hybrid. It's different how we're trying to, we're trying to recalibrate. What does that mean for us? But, but in this season of maturity and multiplication, we sense three things. And you'll see this in the booklet. Let me just headline. Firstly, is increased influence. And I... Firstly, through the Lord's people, through you. Many of you, there are many people, which wasn't, the, which wasn't the same 10 years ago, who are already positioned in gateways of influence. And many more of you, you're going to find yourselves seated at tables that you didn't feel ready for. The Lord's going to open doors and position people to be kingdom bringers in specific spaces. And I believe this is part of the season of the house. Bringing the kingdom of God to every life and sphere of society. The vision hasn't changed, but actually we're going to find an increase of influence. And I want to say many of you don't, don't feel overwhelmed. Know that you've been positioned. Some of you know you're already in spaces that I'm talking about like this. We continue to find myself and Esther positioned in the city. Esther chairing Hope Coventry and bringing a lead, a strategic lead to the united work of the church as myself uh, playing a key role in united prayer in the city. And there's no point in shrinking back from that. And other churches are asking for help in a, in a way that was different. You know, we've had invitations to, to go and speak elsewhere, and sometimes we've been able to go. Sometimes we've said, look, we're focused at home. But there, there are churches, I mean, next week I'm preaching elsewhere, four weeks I'm preaching elsewhere, the next week Esther's elsewhere, because churches are coming. And it's not about us. They're saying, we see what the Lord is doing at CLM. Will you come and help? And I think this is, this is part of our season. Where actually, as a church, we've got to recognize this is actually what the Lord wants us to do. Wants us to expand our denomination, as you've heard me say, asking for us to bring a lead. It's not about us, it's about the house. So we recognize there's a grace on CLM in the area of prayer and the prophetic, will you come and help the denomination of 600 churches? Because we need to bring that to the denomination. And I believe it's part of the outworking of the call on the house, part of maturity. We've, we've matured to a place where actually we have a responsibility to do something with that. Naturally, when you mature, you have a responsibility. Your responsibility for things you didn't have when you were not mature. So increased influence. Secondly, we feel an urgency around multiplication. This is unknown for us. We've not been involved with this before. But we believe it's time to prepare to birth other CLM sites in other towns and cities. It's something we, we knew would probably come, but we sense an urgency as elders. We're believing by the end of 2023, this time next year or early into 2024, we need to start another expression of CLM in another town or city. And we're, we're praying into that. We've got an inkling. I want to tell you, if you, if you sense the Lord speaking to you, I'm not talking about your favorite holiday destination, um, un, unless, unless the Lord speaks to you about it. But come and talk to us because we're praying. We, we just want to say, Lord, where do you want us to go? But we know it's time to give birth and time to thirdly reach the nations. In a different way, we thank God we're a home for all nations. We want to better reach the nations in our midst, as we talked about last week here in Coventry, but also literally to step 
overseas to outwork the call to be a blessing to the nations. I wonder if we could return to our text. I need to move super quick here. But let us notice some things briefly. Firstly, the perils of settling. Terah set out, and I honor him. You know, some people never set out. Terah set out. You know, big hand to Terah. At least he set out. He may have settled part way, but at least he said, some people never get out of bed. You know, they, they have a dream, but it just stays there. The, the graveyard is full of dreams. People who took a dream, they never wrote a book, they never released that album, they, they never started that business. At least Terah set out. But the problem was he, he settled part way. He paused. Maybe somebody was unwell and they needed to. Maybe it was just a nice spot. But a pause, which should have been temporary, became permanent. And here's, here's the problem, because sometimes we need, we need to catch a breath, and the rhythms are godly. The Sabbath rhythm, rest, it's godly, it's right. You know, th- we're so grateful for the sabbatical that we were afforded this summer. It enabled us to breathe, but if that had become permanent, we'd have retired. And that's not what the Lord was asking us to do. And some of us, we, we need to breathe, we need to pause. Elijah, after Carmel, 1 Kings 19, he, he He needs to rest. He needs to sleep. The angel gives him a cake and says, go back to sleep. But after 40 days, the Lord speaks to him and gives him a fresh word to go. He recommissions him. He says, go find Elisha the Tishbite. He says, there's more work to be done. And what happens is, is when a pause becomes permanent, we settle and the temporary ends up becoming terminal. If we don't die, something dies in us because we're called to be fruitful. And here's for us as a church, and this is all I'm, I'm just orientating us. But, but if actually we were to say, this is it, when this isn't it, we'll be all right for a bit, but ultimately we'll begin to stagnate because the Lord is calling us to be fruitful. And so he calls us on because he always sees the people we don't see. His heart burns and beats. We sing, my heart burns for you. His heart burns for those that we can't see yet. The perils of settling, we have to be willing to keep in step with the Spirit. Secondly, the, the price of purpose. There's always a price. So God called Abraham, go, leave your country, your people, leave your father's household. You know, it, it sounds very straightforward. Why wouldn't he? He's, he's, he's a man of God. He's going to go and, and explore a new land. He had no idea where he was going, the Bible says. He set off not knowing where he was going. There's no Google Maps in Abraham's day. You know, Sarai, his wife, where are we going? I have no idea. It's like I could use a little more information. What are the people like in Canaan? Don't know. Do you think they'll kill us? Possibly. But the Lord's telling us to go. It's like there's, there's a price. There's a, leave your father's household. There's a people. You know when we came from, Coven, from, from Nottingham to Coventry? It's only one hour down the road. But I, my whole life was uprooted. Left the church that, that I'd... I'd sow my life into. And, and when you pour your life into something, uh, you love it. Something, there's, there's something deep happens. 20, 30-year friendships you can't replace in five minutes. And we knew we were called, but there was a cost. There's always a cost to purpose. If you are going to outwork your purpose, there will always be a cost. If you know there's a call on your life, it will cost you. Sometimes what happens is people see other, they see people like Mark and they say, oh, I'd like to have what he has, but they've no idea what it cost him to get it. And if they knew that, they might say, I'm all right, thanks. 
because there's a cost to purpose. There's a price to be paid. And for us as a church, I thank God for the faithfulness of this congregation who's understood there's a price to purpose. He's been willing to come and sacrifice. And we look back in the history of the church. I think we, we can put the, the picture of the buildings up. 1936, this church was, was forged out of a mission. And a, and a group of people in the great economic recession of the 1930s stepped out by faith and purchased land and, and built a, a building. Can we, yeah, they're, they're, that's, like, that, that's down the bottom end of the car park. That, now, that, that was the First Assembly Chapel. And then by faith... Uh, the congregations through the years stepped out and acquired four extra little parcels of neighbouring land, which gives us our current footprint. And then the previous generation extended that little chapel. Can we see the next picture? And, and this, who knows that the, the buildings cost money? There's a price to purpose. But with every step of expansion, it's allowed the work of the Lord to expand. And then that, that, which was the extended old Christian life ministries, that, that got flattened. That's now the car park. And what was the car park is now the church building. But who knows, it was never about the building anyway. But there's a price to purpose. There's a cost. And we'll have an opportunity in the, in the coming days to, to ask the Lord what he wants us to do. And over the last Six years, it's been amazing how this congregation has stepped out for the sake of purpose and vision and has cleared by the grace of God the, the debt of 1.8 million pounds. And over the last two years, so money in to accelerate the vision. That's why we've got a school's work. That's why we're launching a prison's work. That's why the Jubilee Fund's off the ground. It's why we're partnering with Dignify. It's why we're able to do a worship EP. It's why we've got CLM online. We're reaching out to students, etc., etc. And we'll, we'll put more in the booklet that you can see. But it, it helps us move forward. But there's a price to purpose, always. Thirdly, why don't the band come and join me? There's, there's a lot of peace here. There's a pattern of progress. There's a pattern of progress. If you read this text that we've just read, you go back through it, you'll see four times it says set out. Can we say set out? Set out. You see Tara set out from, uh, from her of the Chaldeans to go to Haran, but then it says the Lord spoke to Abraham, and then it says Abraham set out from Haran. And then it says he didn't only set out from Haran, he set out for Canaan. He didn't just commit to leave yesterday, he committed to go to tomorrow. But then even when he got to Canaan, he set out again and went to the Negev because life's a pilgrimage. And the pattern of progress is we have to keep setting out. We have to keep saying, Lord, here I am. What do you want me to do? We have to keep being a people who say, I, I am available for you to use me. We keep having, we having to keep living out the journey of faith. We have to keep being willing to move. Keep being willing to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. As a church, here's the truth. There are people in other nations waiting to be helped by this house. There are, there are people in other nations that they don't know it and, and we don't know them yet, but they are waiting for us to arise and shine and help them. I don't know where and I don't know in what way, but we know this is part of the season ahead. It's not just a Coventry vision. And I know I, I've been, uh, more than anybody, I've probably talked about this city, this city, this city, but the language is going to need to shift in the next season because it's not just going to be about this city. It is about this city. We're, we're here. This is where the mother church is going to be. We're going to stay. We're passionate. We want to see this city transformed for the glory of God. But there are people in other cities 
and other towns who are waiting for CLM to arise in order that we might help them get redeemed and their children and their children's children. There are people in prisons whose lives are going to get redeemed and rebuilt because we stepped out. There are young people in schools who are going to come to know Christ. And who knows what they'll do and their children and their children's will do because we heard the Lord say, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And lastly, there's a privilege of pilgrimage. And I say it's a privilege because the life of faith, it is a privilege. Because when we trust God, we get caught up in His eternal plan. Whether it's the giving of our time or our substance of our talents, when we serve Him, when we commit ourselves not to live our lives selfishly, but for Him, when we commit to a life of faith, then actually we, we get caught up in being a part of what God is doing in the earth. It becomes part of our legacy. You see, Abraham, he, he's got no struggling on the earth anymore. He's been in glory with the Lord for, for centuries. But I reckon he was glad he set out from Haran, aren't you? I, I reckon he's glad. And I reckon if he's part of the great cloud of witnesses that's cheering CLM on, he'd say, come on, CLM, don't settle part way. Be a part of something for the glory of God. And because he stepped out, the Lord spoke about generations. He said, to your seed, to your seed, to your offspring, I'm going to do something. There are generations that are going to be impacted because we continued to set out. The Lord spoke about nations to be blessed through him. It became Abraham's privilege, the privilege of pilgrimage. I'm sure if you were here last week, you'll remember, I'll finish with this, Jonathan's table with Baksho Chumba. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Summers, when they, when they were called to set out from America to, to go to Wolverhampton, I bet it cost. I bet it hurt. And I bet it was an unknown way. And I bet they set out saying, oh Lord, would you use us? But, but they didn't know. They, they didn't know. They didn't know who they were going to meet. They, they didn't know Backshow was there. They know she was going to come to faith. And, and I, they probably saw a glimpse of something, but they're in glory now. And it's only from that vantage point, they can see Jonathan and, and, and Doris and Joel. And who knows what Joel will do with his life. And, and they're a part of it. That's the privilege of pilgrimage. You set out and, and in eternity, you have a vantage point. I believe where the Lord might at least give us a glimpse there if he doesn't on, in this life as we keep trusting Him, because He's a God who multiplies. Can we stand together? I'm simply going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Lord would help us as a church to stay unified, to keep a spirit of love among us as brothers and sisters, but help us to keep moving forward, to keep being the kingdom bringers for the glory of God, but to also, and I'm not, I hope you hear me today. This isn't about the next 12 months. This is, this is the season, however long that is, ahead of us. But we have to recognize there's a season shift. Sometimes in September, when it's been really warm over the summer, you, you can get some Indian summer weeks where it's really warm, but, but then the temperature will drop and you know autumn's on the way. And you couldn't tell me what day it became autumn, but you know when it's autumn. And then it it starts to move towards winter. And I, I don't know, there's probably a day that technically it, it's supposed to change, but it doesn't work like that. But we've entered into a new season. And I wonder if we can make ourselves available as I pray.
If you say, Lord, here I am, use me. Let me be a person of faith. Let me be one that doesn't settle part way. Let me keep stepping out for your glory, Lord. Here I am, use me, send me, position me, reposition me, deploy me. If you can respond, that is just beautiful. Just respond where you are. Make your own prayer of commitment. I'm not planning to lead you in a, in a prayer of response, but if you can pray and respond. Those of us joining online, if you could pray, maybe open up your hands where you are and maybe stand with us here in the room and say, here I am, Lord, send me. And I pray, God, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being your people. We thank you, God, for the privilege of, of, of using us broken but being made whole people as the kingdom bring us and I pray would you keep taking us forward for your glory would you help us to be a people of faith help us to be a people that trust you help us to be a people that don't settle part way help us to be a people that bring your glory into the earth your life and your light to a broken world in Jesus name the people of God said Amen.